Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. Twenty twenty three is coming to an end, and we love a good look back segment. So here on the show, we have dug into the biggest animal stories and the best movies of the year. Next week, we're going to listen to the best Chicago albums of twenty twenty three. Well, today we figured let's add food to that mix. In the spirit of Spotify Wrapped, we're compiling our own new Chicago restaurants Wrapped. So we gathered a panel of food writers and foodies to dish out their picks for the top new Chicago restaurants of the year. Our panel includes food critic for the Chicago Tribune, Louisa Chu, health coach and founder of Our Culinaire, Rochelle Trotter, and food and drinks writer for the Chicago Reader, Mike Sula. I started off by asking our panel to play a game with me. In three words, describe Chicago's food scene this year. Here's Louisa. Oh, boy. Uh, Let's see. I would say emotional. Mm. And um, I'm going to do two words in one phrase as I really don't know how to really sum it up. Freaking delicious. Um, <laughs> I love it. Yeah. <laughs> do you care to, care to explain how you arrived at those words? Um, you know, as I, as I was reflecting back, I mean, as we all do at this time of the year, I mean, there has just been such an emotional roller coaster with so many of the new restaurants and food businesses, you know, and what they really mean, um, not only in terms of food, but in terms of like their emotional impact and their social impact. Mm. And they couldn't have done it uh, without just being so freaking delicious. Yeah, that, like, you would just do it. You, you're like, whatever you say, okay, I'm, I'm on, yeah. I'm on board. That's such a great, great point. Mike, what are you thinking? Uh, I think lots of Italian. Those are your three words. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I guess I, what I mean by that is I think um, it's a little bit more of a p- pessimistic view in that I don't think we fully bounced back from the uh, pandemic. And a lot of the big budget downtown restaurants are kind of playing it safe with uh, familiar things. I don't just mean Italian. There have been a lot of big Italian openings. But um, I kind of think a lot of the more interesting stuff that's happened has been out in the neighborhoods and pop-ups and things like that. Mm. Um, not necessarily so visible, but um, yeah, I think a lot of the visibility has been uh, lots of Italian. Lots of Italian. Rochelle, you're writing some some things down. I can't wait to hear. Y'all are giving me a lot to rethink over here. Listen, I think we are absolutely living in Chicago, what the National Restaurant Association projected we would see in general overall, which is a trend towards increased global food representation. Mm-hmm. So that increased global food representation. Can that I be mean, one you're word? That, that's four, but Okay, so, sure. so just call it ethnic. <laughs> okay. And then the second word I would say is vibrant. Mm. I am so thrilled to go to all of these different restaurants because they feel alive. And the last word I would say is accessible. And when I say accessible, I mean the number of restaurants that are not like super, super high end, but they're more comfort food. They're more accessible to people at a soul level. So those are my words, ethnic, vibrant and accessible. Love all of these words, folks. And I'm going to stick with you, Rochelle, while we transition into our favorites. Okay. Soul to soul. 
in Ukrainian Village was up there for you yes. on your list. Why? Yes. Because of exactly what I just said. It represents ethnicity, it represents vibrancy, and it's comfort food. I think the chef owner has done an amazing job of creating her version of what she calls soul food tapas. And mm. it's because of the size of the portions that you have there. People think about that as a lounge. And I find it funny because they don't even serve alcohol. It's a BYOB. However, they have a full bar with a fully uh, trained bartender. So if you come in and you have a bottle of vodka, then you go to the bar and you say, I want a drink made out of the vodka that I'm bringing. He might make you a Cosmo or a lemon drop or something like that. Mm -hmm. And so I love the fact that they are appealing to you from that perspective. But at the end of the day, it's giving us bites of soul food with a little Creole influence. Like I love their salmon Cajun bites. Um, mm -hmm. They have buffalo cauliflower. They've increased the number of like vegetable offerings on their menu, which Yum. I think is something that's really important. Uh, they're famous for their fried green tomatoes. I mean, Ooh. you can't go there and not have their fried green tomatoes. Tomatoes. And listen, if you're a non-alcohol drinker like me, then you want to get in on their soul punch or their sweet green tea. Oh, I want to go now. Their, their, their sweet tea. It's it's really great. So good. It's so really soul great. restaurants made a few of our top fives. At Louisa, you too, right? Talk about the, the soul food lounge in Lawndale. Lounge. Um, talk about an emotional experience. I mean, it is a restaurant that's on the often forgotten west side of Chicago. And um, on hallowed ground. I mean, it's in a building that was built on the um, MLK Apartments uh, uh, complex. And um, the food there is, uh, as Rochelle mentioned, globally influenced. I mean, absolutely has very traditional soul roots, um, but also has other influences on there. Um, and, and, and presentation and the kind of hospitality that you may not expect um, on the West Side, mm -hmm. and um, you know, especially um, you know, I mean, especially in a brand new restaurant. Um, so it was uh, such a, a stunning emotional experience. And um, there's a dinner there that they've had, a $59 dinner, which is you know not an inexpensive dinner by any means, right. but it is basically like three whole dinners. And really. So, yeah. Um, so there is um, a lot of value um, and a lot of care that goes into um, Quentin Love's restaurant, so much so that he just opened a second location on the south side, another oh, soul it. food lounge. Yeah. Yeah. So really beautiful and stunning. And the um, Marsala Braised Pot Roast, um, I think he said was one of his favorites. Um but um, I, I, I'd be tough. It's tough to pick, um, you know, from so many of um, yeah. the wonderful dishes that he's got. Well, I mean, all this conversation is making me think of Soul Prime in Lincoln Park. Mm -hmm. I recently went there and really enjoyed uh, their their menu. Their, their tagline is Elevated Soul Food. And it really was that. I, I heard about them through social media, uh, you know, influencers making those TikTok reels. I tell you, they get me, those, those reels. <laughs> and... Um, and so I went and I showed up and it was great. They're, they're catfish. It's called Oh So Good Catfish on the menu. And it is Oh So Good. I can test. I can attest to that. And uh, the, the fried chicken was right. Their fried green tomatoes, Rochelle, also good. They got a crab mix in there, too. Just just brilliant, brilliant. Um, and Mike, a recent newsletter reader, actually shares the same one of the same top restaurants that made your list. Uh, talking about Warlord. 
in uh, Avondale. Tell oh, us about yeah. that. Um, Warlord is actually a little bit controversial because it's it's sort of what a little bit of the opposite of what Rochelle was describing before. It's a little bit inaccessible. It's only open <laughs> Thursday through Monday night, uh, starting at six o'clock. Uh, they don't take reservations. They don't post their menu. Um, but uh, what they're doing there, the three three chefs that open Warlord over a live fire in the middle of the restaurant are cooking uh, just really um, simply, perfectly executed um, uh, dishes. You know, there's usually a hunk of red meat every night. There's a pasta every night, uh, raw, fresh seafood. Um, a lot of the proteins are dry aged in a case in the front. Mm. And... Um, they're just doing something different every night. And uh, the great thing about them is there's, you know, so many um, restaurants will open up and professing to stay open late, stay open for industry, and nobody rarely ever maintain it. But Warlord very consistently um, is uh, open late um, for industry. I run a pop-up on uh, Monday nights at a, at a uh, different restaurant, and um, very frequently we're hopping over to Warlord after, you know, 11 a.m. on a Monday because there's no line. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's a nice uh, added bonus there. Let's head to Logan Square. Uh, Rochelle and Louisa, you both had daisies on your <gasps> list. Louise, <laughs> where are you? <laughs> I love it. Why did daisies make your list, Rochelle? Well, again, accessibility. Um, it's on Milwaukee. It's very close to the train. It's easy to get there. Now, listen, most people that I know think about daisies as it relates to their comforting pasta. And I am not throwing a stick at that because I love their capoletti, which are like little mini tortellini with lentils and braised kale. And if mm. you're into meat, they have it with fennel sausage. Yum to the yum, yum, yum. But I love to go there for lunch. And you could have a lot of their tinned fish, like tuna in olive oil or mussels. Um, I also love, they have an amazing shaved Brussels sprout salad with pears and pistachios and rosemary. Or if you love white beans, listen, I grew mm. up on beans and I was like, when I get grown, I ain't eating nobody's beans anymore. But I'm sorry. <laughs> Daisy's gets me with their white bean salad with fennel and a truffle vinaigrette. So for and for dinner, they also have um, like leeks with this mustard vinaigrette. So for people who tend to think Daisy's is just about pasta and I'm a vegan or I'm a vegetarian or I'm plant forward so I can't go. Yeah. Let me be the one to tell you, you can find hidden gems on that menu and daisies yeah. that just make you go, mm. Yeah. Louisa, you also shared another one with Mike, uh, uh, Tatu, mm. the Indian restaurant in, in Avondale. Mm -hmm. What Absolutely. makes it stand out for you? Because it is such a personal restaurant um, that has such a surprising backstory. So where else do you have a... Korean American uh, Northern Californian woman who decided to adopt her husband's um, very regional Indian uh, cuisine as her own mm -hmm. and um, kind of took it on as a second career. So she left, you know, healthcare and um, became a chef um, and is, um, you know, really influenced by very traditional dishes. One of their first from their original, you know, pop-up, and then it was a food hall stall, uh, was this historic cookie that her father-in-law got the recipe from the, like, nearly 100-year-old bakery in mm -hmm. India uh, for her. And now she's really adopted um, and making these really wonderful, beautiful dishes, some of them, as Rochelle mentioned, vegan and vegetarian, um, but also 
they're doing something so seamlessly that has, you know, like seemed to bring a, like a lot of strife, especially on, on you know, online discussions. Um, they don't accept tips, uh, mm. no service charges, and they have signs there. And they really? actually, yes. Had Do you to know decline. why? Absolutely. Because um, they want to make that their own. They want to have their staff be paid fairly. And in fact, uh, Vinode, um, the husband, had to have a conversation with a customer who really insisted on wanting to tip. And he was like, no, thank you. You know, it was almost kind of like I was saying, it was almost like the aunties and uncles, mm. you know, where you're like fighting back and forth. And he just basically said, no, I uh, want our staff to be paid by us. And so some customers will actually will, you know, he said, you know, they've said is uh, defy that and still throw down cash. And then um, decide, they decide as a staff together what they're going to do with that cash. And some of it ends up being coffee and some of it ended up being a um, uh, an early like three month anniversary party. So they do it so beautifully and so seamlessly and so hospitably. And I think a lot of that comes from you know, the fact that they're a very worldly couple. Wow. That's an incredible story. You're, you're nodding. Yeah. Like, I mean, Tatu made your list too. Yeah. It's really just a wonderful place. And, um, you know, Tatu is a good example of what I was saying earlier. Um, uh, Margaret, uh, self-taught or taught by Vinod's mother, um, uh, just, they came up sort of in the pop-up scene. They came yeah. up from the underground and, um, now they're this, uh, you know, they have a national reputation at this point. Um, but mm-hmm. apart from the food, one of the great things about Tattoo is just like, you know, the warmth that exudes off of uh, Margaret and Vinod is just yeah, I love that. radiates across the restaurant. That makes me want to mm-hmm. spend all my money yeah. <laughs> right. when I come mm-hmm. to your establishment. It's, it's all about that for me. It's just this magical element of hospitality yeah. that you don't get in every restaurant. You don't. You sure don't. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to hear about a hidden gem, Rochelle, that uh, is inside Lady May Eatery and Cocktail Parlor near the river. A sushi bar? <laughs> I was over here like grinning like it's Christmas morning. Yes. Now for me to be talking about like I'm all about like loving accessibility is one of the top three. Sushi bar. If you don't know, then now you know. Because what I love about sushi bar, first of all, it reminds me of when I used to do a lot of work in restaurants in New York. And you were in the know if you knew where to find the speakeasy venues and the speakeasy restaurants. Yes. And that's what I feel I'm about sushi bar. I'm slowly discovering more of them here in Chicago, and I'm loving it. It's amazing what you can find yeah. inside of where you go in. Yeah. Okay, so you go inside this Southern Comfort restaurant, Lady May, that has some of the best fried pickles if you go to their bar and the best deviled eggs with caviar, y'all. So it's from <laughs> a chef in Memphis. You go in there, but then you go all the way to the back and you find this tiny hidden gem called Sushi Bar. Well, it's an omakase style, so it's about 15 or 17 courses. It's not inexpensive, so it is definitely something like I went for a special occasion. I had no idea it was there, no idea. 10 to 12 seats. It has sort of like a speakeasy vibe. Their attention to detail is bar none. I mean, like I have a lot of different food allergies, and they had like a name card so that the three chefs that were working behind the counter seating of the knew. 10 or 12 seats, they knew exactly what I could I love have. That. And with omakase restaurants, a lot of them will say, this is what we're doing, and we cannot accommodate dietary See, restrictions. See, I'm already, I'm already sold. 
you have to go. I'm already sold. They, it, it, they, I had, you know, again, the menu changes, like Mike talked about a lot with these types of restaurants, menu changes based on what they can source. But I had an amazing bluefin yeah. tuna dish, and I remember um, just a kampachi dish. But yeah. uh, their presentations are amazing. They're very welcoming. It's not pretentious. That's the other thing I, I love about it. A lot of these super high expensive, like, omakase experiences, you go in and you have to talk this quiet and you feel like you don't you can't yeah. celebrate everybody there was like a celebratory mood it was almost That's like having wonderful. a dinner party it's amazing well, sushi bar yeah and speaking of of menus mike uh You've got uh, Mamanzari in Albany Park on your list too, right? It's it's Chicago's only Persian tasting menu. Uh, it's the only Persian tasting menu in the country, as far as I know. Really? Yeah, yeah. It's pretty uh, groundbreaking. There's someone's um, opening up one in Austin, but I don't think they're quite there yet. Yeah. Um, yeah, Mamanzari. The great story behind that too uh, started by a uh, former flight attendant who um, spent her early childhood traveling back to Tehran to spend summers with her grandparents and just was, uh, you know, immersed in in the food there. Um, uh, you know, back in the States, their parents, uh, her parents had a catering company. Um, but, you know, life was all about food, especially when the grandparents came here to visit. Um, fast forward to adulthood, uh, she decides to open a, uh, I believe it's a 12-course tasting menu in mm-hmm. Albany Park, my neighborhood, um, with a... <laughs> an Italian chef who uh, worked for her dad's company. And he spent afternoon lunches with her aunt and her mom and her dad uh, just learning how to cook Persian food. What results is an easy, breezy, um, you know, 12-course tasting menu Mm. of classic Persian dishes in, you know, kind of small plate form, um, really artfully presented. There's a little of the... um, um, Ackett style modernist tricks here and there, but not excessively. It's really, uh, it's really approachable food. And did you bring some for us to share? I'm today? so sorry. <laughs> bragging about how it's in your neighborhood. Come I'll, on, Mike. I'll, br- I'll bring him back. I'll bring him back with me next time. We continued our conversation about the best new restaurants in Chicago with a lightning round of honorable mentions. Mike started off by telling us about Bonyan a restaurant that opened last month in the West Loop featuring the city's first all-beef tasting menu. little um, nervous about uh, offering them up because they are brand new, but it's, it is they really... They just opened, yeah, mid-November. Yeah, uh-huh. but again, it's a it's a concept that really doesn't exist anywhere in the country. It's an all-beef omakase. Um, Sangte Park and uh, his, his wife, partner Kate, opened the first really high-end sushi omakase in Chicago back mm-hmm. in 2019. Lots of people followed them. Um, but they're just executing, I, th- I think also that is 12 courses, 12 courses of really high-quality beef, um, Japanese-Korean-influenced, uh, um, just really, really special. Yeah. Uh, Rochelle, you mentioned an Italian restaurant called Umo on in River North. Um, Louisa, you also talked about a barbecue pop-up. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to try to pronounce this. This one in Logan Square. Louisa? Mm-hmm. Umami Q. Umami Q. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What yeah. do you love about it? Um, it, it has uh, food that you will not find anywhere. And actually, um, I know that they did Mike's uh, pop-up series. I'm not sure if that's actually where they got some, you know, some of their original start. But um, you will find uh, brisket bun mi um, 
uh, egg rolls with brisket. Uh, you will find, um, again, a chef who is, you know, so emotionally invested into his food and um, and every bit of it shows through to the point where when I had his sandwiches, I was like, why is the cilantro like so perfect? Somebody who grew up in a restaurant picked a lot of cilantro. You can tell when there's care. And he shared the story about how his dad, Asian dad, who didn't really approve of his son leaving finance to do this. He started picking his cilantro and I was just, we were both like crying over this story and how his father bonded with him over this barbecue, this uh, Vietnamese American inspired barbecue. Yeah. So, so wonderful. and So delicious. So delicious. I mean, I got to ask, was it hard for you all to come up with your list? Oh, R Rochelle? absolutely. Because for me, eating is very like situationally dependent. And so one time I might go to a restaurant and say, this is the best restaurant of my life, but it may depend on the company I'm with and what the occasion is and what's driving me to it. So it was very hard. Last night I was emailing your producer, like I actually need to change one on my list. Uh, can I have sex? Fine tuning. And, right. So yes, for me, it was very difficult. Don't worry. It's not that serious. We, we, you could throw it out. Okay. <laughs> you could tell us. Um, any um, new restaurants that didn't make your top five? Mike, that I, you still want to shout out? I have a whole secondary list of, uh, <laughs> of uh, well, honorable mentions. You have a top 15. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, Well, I, one that did make my list that is also brand new is Akahoshi, which is a new ramen spot for Mike Sutton. Mm. Also came up in the pop-up scene. Um, he just spent a, a decade methodically learning how to uh, make ramen. And as he's a self-described control freak, freak, and it really shows in the bowl. Um, he's, you know... He's obsessive, but also incredibly passionate, just like super delicious ramen. Yeah. Louisa, did you have trouble coming up with a, a short list? Oh, completely. I mean, <laughs> the good thing is that I get to pick where I want to go and review. So just about any place that I, uh, you know, went this year were places that I want to spend time. Mm. But um, the review that I See, have that's a good perk out, of the job. Yes, for sure. For yeah. sure. But then again, there's sometimes places you don't want to be. But in any case... <laughs> But, but one review that's coming out on Monday is um, Atelier uh, with Chef Christian Hunter. Yes. Ah. Yeah. So he has... Can you give um, us like a, a little tease to, to what we'll see in your review? Yeah. Um, he is, you know, drawing from some really personal references, um, like from uh, Southern, American Southern food. And he likes to say Midwestern, but I really kind of feel like it's a little bit more Cincinnati. I'm not sure I get that vibe that it's Midwestern. But also, he's pulling these threads in from other places that have a really bright spice profile and um you know he's got the james beard semi-finalist semi um you know uh notch and also a michelin star and won the personal young chef award but um some of the dishes that he's doing are so personal and he's really just barely beginning to tell his own story in food and um i uh you know and I'm so looking forward to you know what he's going to be coming up with there's one dish that i had which was absolutely amazing which was a uh, black squid ink grits uh with trout mm. and um just really creative and stunning um I'm curious if you if if any of you have some favorite new finds. So maybe they're not necessarily a, a new Chicago restaurant that popped up just this year or opened their doors this year, but it's a gem that you you just recently discovered. Anything come to mind? Um, well, for me, 
and it's part of a chain, but don't let that, um, you know, keep you away from it. I go at least twice a week to a restaurant called Planta Queen mm. in Chicago. Um, it's on Planta Park Queen, Street, and it is a vegan restaurant. And I'm not vegan. I am not a food denomination person, if that's a word. <laughs> like I, I like eat what I want when I want, but everything in moderation. But I am just continually blown away. They change their menu all the time, and I'm blown away. A at the quality, B at the creativity, and C at the accessibility from a price perspective. But how filling! And wonderful for you, this food is, I mean, given the wellness industry's explosion to a multi-billion, billion, billion dollar industry, a restaurant like Planta has to be on the list for someone to try. It's the restaurant I take all of my friends to now, and I don't tell them that it's vegan. And they're eating food, and they're like, at the end, I'm like, oh, yeah, by the way, this was all vegan, plant-based, and I'm not trying to get anyone to change how they want to eat, but I'm just trying to introduce people to the amazing things that are offered in the restaurant scene that we may otherwise miss if we just go by how it's titled. Mm. Yeah, that's a a good point. What what are you thinking, Mike? And you could also think of of bars or spots for for drinks, because we haven't entirely focused on that uh, beyond one of uh, Rochelle's suggestions, but anything... That you discovered? Well, you know, I gotta I gotta give a shout out to um, uh, Dozy's Grill. It's a, not a bar, sorry. It's but uh, yeah, you know, my work has been really been focused on pop ups for the last couple of years, and yes. Do- Dozy came up through the pop up scene, and he is so he's on the it's the first floor of the old Cook County Hospital, mm-hmm. and uh, he does Nigerian food, um, and he's really really aggressively trying to push Nigerian food out. Of nice. the scope of the Nigerian community and mm-hmm. get it out there, um, I will say his jollof rice is like straight down the middle. But it is, I mean, I'm getting I'm getting chills right now. Thinking about <laughs> you, it. you are you yeah. kind of getting choked up on it's, me here, Mike. So it's so, it's so good. Some, that's some good jollof rice. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but he's also kind of pushing boundaries too. He's got he has a goat burger. Um, you know, just he's just really good and he's a super sweet guy. Yeah, uh, Louisa, let, let me throw the bar question to you. Any spots for for drinks that you can think of that? are newly discovered? Um, You know, kind of an unlikely uh, place for a couple of good drinks, which um, I almost kind of hate to, you know, to mention, but um, because it kind of changed, but um, uh, Guinness Chicago. Yes. Uh, even though. <laughs> okay, you got a cosign. <laughs> okay, okay. Even though they're like the big brand, and I kind of am not crazy about the fact that they took away their reservations. Um, if you can get there in a quiet moment, which I did on an early Sunday, mm-hmm. um, they had some incredibly beautiful beer cocktails, um, including a non-alcoholic beer cocktail that um, I kind of came up with on the spot with the bartender um, because they have a Guinness Zero non-alcoholic beer, uh, which is like the, you know, the classic dark Guinness beer that everybody knows, but they have one that is non-alcoholic. And it was just, oh my gosh, my mouth waters thinking about Mm. it because it's mixed. My mouth is watering listening to you right now. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's mixed. They use for their beer cocktails um, Poor Souls Mixers, which is a Chicago-based black-owned business. And that mixer 
it was so fragrant mm. with like spice and citrus and i was like okay this is like christmas morning um and <laughs> i got that um non-alcoholic and um so it's just it's a really beautiful space i yeah. love how they just like completely transformed this like abandoned building if everybody you know knows that space it was like it could have been easily torn down and like yeah. another high rise i love a know, good backstory up. I love yeah. that so much. Uh, I want to talk about recognition that this this city seems to get quite a bit of when it comes to food, right? We host the uh, James Beard Awards this mm-hmm. year. Um, six local chefs at five restaurants in total were nominated. Three chefs were awarded. Uh, Big win, Hyde Park Restaurant, uh, Virtues Chef uh, Damar Brown. He won mm-hmm. Best Emerging Chef. I also want to throw in a, a quick rant about the fact that I still have yet to go to Virtue. <laughs> I've been trying mm-hmm. to get there. I've had two separate plans with different groups of people, reservations made, and then something happened, didn't get to go. I'm like, why is the world trying to keep me from virtue? <laughs> I don't know, because you need to run there quick, fast, and in a hurry. It's amazing. I keep hearing all these amazing things, and I'm like, why, why can't I get to experience this? Maybe tonight's the night. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, let's shout out uh, Jeannie Kwan and Tim Flores, also the, the two people behind Kasama. Yes. Mm-hmm. In Ukrainian yep. Village. Another favorite of yours? I'm getting nods all around yes. the room. Yeah. Yes, for sure. Uh, on so many levels. Yeah. Yeah. Because that was um, great. Yeah. Not just for the fancy tasting menu, but um, like the single pastries and, um, you know, of course. Breakfast. Yeah. Breakfast. Uh. Everybody should know by now that like, you know, if you like like to wait in lines, that's great. If you don't, you can actually order and then do a, you know, a, a quick pickup. Love that. Well, we're just about out of time. But if you had to bring someone who's never been to Chicago before, to one new restaurant, one place they had to try. I'm going to go around the, the room here. Where would you take them? Rochelle, I'm, I'm going to wait on you because you seem like you're still thinking. Mike. A new spot. Um, I, oh, I, yeah, I got to say I gotta say, Warlord. Warlord. Warlord yeah. That was where? Avondale, right? Yeah. Warlord. Yeah, that's the spot. Mm-hmm. What are you thinking, Louisa? Um, I'm thinking... Uh, uh, Jim's, uh, the place that's best known for Polish, uh, but also great fries. And um, they've got this amazing, like, house-made blended Jardinera mustard. Mm. Um, Where's and, Jim's? Um, it's in Max. It, we're off of the old Maxwell Street. It's, okay. you know, just like a walk-up counter standing. And um, nice. it gives you a really good historic overview of what's important to the city, yeah. including the bone-in pork chop sandwich. Yum, yum, yum. All right. Pick here, Rochelle. Oh, I'm going to have to say Daisy's because they're open for lunch and dinner. They have pasta if that's your jam. Mm-hmm. They have collar like salmon collar if that's your jam. But they have amazing vegetable preparations. So it's food for everyone. And yeah. I think it represents the soul of Chicago, which is comfort. I love that. We'll leave it there. We've been talking with Rochelle Trotter, entrepreneur, health coach, founder, and CEO of Our Culinaire. Louisa Chu, food critic for the Chicago Tribune, and Mike Sula, food and drinks writer for the Chicago Reader. Thank you so much for the wonderful recommendations, gang. Thank you. Thank you. This episode was produced by Micah Yason. It was edited by Meha Ahmed and Brenda Ruiz. If you liked this episode of the Reset Podcast, check out our other conversations looking back on the year. We've talked about the best movies of 2023, posted a roundup of the year's animal news. You can find those conversations right here in Reset's podcast feed. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Thank you so much for listening.
Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.